This is WexCast from the Wexner Center for the Arts at The Ohio State University. My name is Alana Ryder. I'm manager of public and university programs at the Wex. Today I'm speaking with senior design engineer Stephen Jones and exhibition designer and preparator Nick Stull about the fall 2020 exhibition, Taryn Simon, Assembled Audience. Hope you enjoy this behind the scenes look and new perspectives from staff. Welcome Stephen and Nick. Hey, Alana. Hey, hello. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Great. Could you please tell us about your role at the WEX, including how long you've worked here and what a typical day looked like before the pandemic? Steve, seniority, you want to go first? Oh, okay, okay. I was thinking beauty before age. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, as she said, my name is Steve Jones. Um, I'm the senior design engineer at the Wexner Center. Uh, I have been here since 1990. Um, I started kind of part-time in 1990, working um, uh, just during the season, and then came on full-time in 91. Been here ever since. All right, and I am an exhibit designer and preparator here. And I've been working at the WEX for just about five years in this position. Um, I started in patron services for about half a year and then trans transitioned over to this um, side of things because this was kind of like my main interest um, within the museum. So, yeah. Thank you. Could you both tell us how your roles have, have changed, I think, quite dramatically since March 2020. Yeah, well, you know, being in the tech services department, mine has truly changed completely um, with no in-person events. You know, um, everything is virtual. So, you know, truly my day kind of consists of, um, being in a room and doing webinars and streaming events and uh, working a lot with Alana behind the scenes to produce our programs. Um, so it's it's been a total change in direction, you know, since March in what we really do and, you know, decide. And uh, for me, I mean, when the um, pandemic started, I was working from home primarily for a few months. Um, so that was a huge change. Um, but more recently, in the, the past few months, I've been back on site for the most part. And aside from it being essentially a ghost town here and, and the museum currently closed, it's been sort of similar for me as far as just preparing for the next shows, working in the wood shop, doing design work on the computer. Um, so fingers crossed, you know, if the, the next exhibit opens on time, things will be hopefully more or less back on track. I guess, comparatively speaking, at least to, to others at the center. I know it might be hard to think of just one thing about what you enjoy about working at the WEX, but since it's the end of the year and we tend to be reflective, could each of you tell us one thing that you, you really enjoy about your role here? I like all the different type of programs we present. Um, it's it's such a wide range. You know, they're just not theater. They're just not mu musical. They're just not, you know, 
groups. It's not gallery installed. I mean, there's there's something for everyone here at the Wex. And I've just, I've really enjoyed that during my time here. Yeah, and seen a lot of great performances of all kinds. Yeah, I totally echo Steve on that. It is so cool to be able to work with artists and institutions to kind of create and develop stuff, um, especially specifically for Wexner Center shows. So yeah, I love the programming. I love the artists we bring in. Um, But also, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I love the people I work with. That really makes it great to be here. Thanks, Nick and Steve. Uh, the next couple of questions are more specific uh, about your involvement in the installation of Assembled Audience. And perhaps you could start from the beginning, how you planned and designed this show with Taryn even before work may have started in Columbus. For my role, it was it, it's kind of odd because it was as we were going into this pandemic because what we wanted to do is we kind of set up a small simulation of the show um and we got some audio files from them and we played them so they could kind of hear what the room sounded like you know and it was kind of interesting because that kind of was that's that was the plan even before march came that you know because her piece is truly an acoustical piece and that the room environment matters so we were kind of doing that already so that was kind of my part to set that up and make some recordings to send back to them so they could and truly they were listening to how the room sounded was what they were very interested in you know for my part of getting that going in the very beginning yeah and since this was an installation that originated at the Mass Mocha, I believe, um, initially they were kind of just showing us what they did there. And we were kind of taking a look at that and seeing how can we do it here. And like Steve said, I mean, like a lot of our shows, being able to translate it to the Wexner space and whether that's having to deal with light issues or the large vacuous space of the gallery, it's trying to kind of make it work um, with our situation. So. Yeah, it started with trying to like deciding like where it would work and how it would work sound wise, but then also kind of developing the layout to match in a, you know, in a way how they had done it before, but changing it kind of to our architecture. And then as far as developing the layout with other shows as well, it's always about trying to kind of fulfill the artist's vision as well as making it like logistically safe and accessible to everyone kind of all that stuff. So, so yeah, I guess we kind of started with just basic floor plans and the sound testing to kind of get the ball rolling. And I think it, it was one of those pieces too that, you know, you don't always know in the beginning how much you actually need to achieve, not seeing the piece or knowing the piece, how much you need to really achieve to get the maximum out of it, you know, and truly, the darkness and the the size of the circle and being in the center is is truly i mean some might call it you know and you can go stand in that room and be in the center you're in a sweet spot and it's amazing how it surrounds you you know you stand off to the side it's this is cool this is nice but if you're right in the right spot it's 
it takes your breath away. It does. Yeah, it, 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 it definitely does. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like we, and we want to achieve that because we want that like sensory experience, that shift in your sensory experience from the visual, visual to the audio while also making it safe and allowing people to kind of see their way in and out, yeah. which I think was very successfully achieved. And I will say I was not, I was here for the preliminary stages of this, but in the middle of installation, I got called away to uh, parental leave. So I, I wasn't actually here for the build out of it. Um, but they did have to add an extra wall as you entered the space and then some subsequent, subsequent kind of small lighting to kind of achieve that effect um, that the artist wanted while also making it safe. <laughs> this is also fascinating. And, and thanks for sharing some specifics about the differences in um, how a visitor might experience this based on where they are in the room and all of the, the adjustments that happened um, to adapt the work for the wax and all of its um, particularities, we'll say. Maybe a, another question related to the specific show is, are there any other stories or details that a visitor might not know or see on the surface if they had the chance to visit the WEX while we were open this fall that um, specifically relates to the adaptations you were talking about or uh, details that are key to your specific roles in supporting the artist for this exhibition? Nick, I'm gonna let you have that one. <laughs> I heard there was something about sprinklers. I don't know if that ended oh, well, it's, an issue yeah, or good, not. Good leading question. Yes, yes. What's the sprinklers? Well, we we always have that challenge. You know, artists want us to, oh, you know, build right. rooms and close rooms, but we can't always do that. Or you know, sometimes it's just not cost effective to do that because we have to adhere to guidelines. You know, we have to be safe. You build a room inside a room, then you have to have, you know, some type of fire suppression or something to be in that room. And yes, there's always that challenge because a lot of times in this case, we had to do some type of uh, ceiling that could still, I don't, yeah. you're, not supposed to, you're not supposed to say this in a museum, but some type of ceiling that could have some type of fire suppression because yep. you don't want to use the fur the word fire or water in a museum those are the no-nos <laughs> we talk about that stuff yeah, yeah i don't know <laughs> i went off somewhere else but um yeah before that room we did have to buy or purchase some it's like smoke screen that's what the kind of black fabric is that we use on the walls and the ceiling so it looks, you know, opaque or, or structural in appearance, but if needed, it will, it will dissolve away. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, um, because there are, of course, other exhibitions um, featured this fall at the WEX, and would either of you care to talk about any of your involvement in, in other shows on view or... Any thoughts you might have about how they relate to assembled audience or offer yeah. something different? I wasn't very closely working on the other shows, but I was very pleased with the way they each were um, kind of constructed completely differently. And they kind of visually convey something completely different, but it's all kind of about the same thing in a way. 
I think particularly with Terrence and then how it relates to um, Tamashi's work and stuff like that, it's all kind of about this collective action um, or about how like the whole is represented through the sum of its parts. So with Taryn's work, you know, it's like each individual clap was taken to create this, you know, large roaring applause, just as in the other um, exhibits, they kind of talk, you know, talk about how the democratic system involves each individual vote to collectively, you know, change and shift the whole um, as, as, as our democracy goes. So it's kind of interesting in, in that sense individual versus the collective action or agency i thought they flowed very well together you know the different pieces and that's you kind of sum that up very well nick just because it all is something about being collective you know <clears throat> when they're together i just yes i think it's it's often that we have shows that are they're always a little bit of a challenge you know um you know, Bender was, you know, taking new technology and making it work on old technology with the older televisions of the new, the newer uh, cable feeds. That's part of that process, you know, and then um, and then just Tamashi. Yeah, that was just fun. Uh, you know, she's just so free spirited. And, you know, uh, I worked with her putting the soundtrack together and getting those particular items for her and you know and once again you know that hurdle of everything's done from afar we had to upload and download we went back and forth numerous times with with different iterations of stuff and it just yeah i like all three works and even free space you know in a free space is just one of those how often do we take a gallery and just kind of open it up and say, you know, you kind of follow the rules. You can come here and do something that you would like inside of a gallery on your own time. It just, you know, that doesn't happen very often, you know? Yeah. And to touch on that, Steve, when you were talking about um, making the soundtrack, given that a lot of the, the Wex galleries are very openly connected, yeah. they're not kind of shut mm -hmm. off in their individual rooms that are completely soundproofed. Whenever there's sound going on, you kind of want to make sure all the galleries or artists play well together in that sense. And I think most of the exhibits up had some sort of sound and I, yeah, and I think yeah. they all played well together. They, <laughs> yeah. So. At least you bring a good point. That's something that we, we kind of tried to walk around and do and make sure that we're, you know, it's, it's more than just putting up speakers. We kind of point them in certain ways and put them in certain areas to try to envelop you in that space but not encroach on another piece, you know? And we always, we always have those challenges, especially in this, in our galleries. And actually, Steve, on the subject of sound, one thing that people may not see or know, could you tell a little, little bit about the amount of speakers or the process of doing the Terran um, installation? Because there's, there are just, there's so many speakers positioned in these specific spots. Right, um, so there are, there are, was it 24 speakers in Terran and they're each on individual channels and they are spaced anywhere from one foot to five feet to 10 feet off the floor in different locations around this. And the soundtrack, um, 
Um, there's a track dedicated for each speaker that all plays at a different time in a sequence. So that's where it gives you that movement within the room. I'm not sure if either of you saw this, but on Instagram last week, we had four of the Test City uh, USA team members um, were in, they were interviewed earlier this fall. So there were snippets from each of them about what it was like to actually go to the, these events and ask perfect strangers to clap in front of them. Ah. <laughs> Second, so we'll have to link that to, to this interview. Yeah, yeah. That's something that I've, I've, I remember at the opening, I just kind of, I always like to go up and walk around and, you know, watch people's reactions. And I noticed quite a few people um, reading the signage outside of the assignment and them looking and it just kind of a light bulb went off when it listed these events in Columbus. And it was just kind of, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, they didn't really come in and didn't know, you know. Even that, even that image was a kind of a display of the individual versus the whole. Because when you look at that vinyl, you see just kind of this mass of, of names and, and right. events. But then once you kind of cue in on it, you might recognize someone's name or an event that you went to as well. So you mm -hmm. kind of make that connection mm -hmm. on an individual level. Well, thank you for walking us. It felt like we started in Taryn, but then walked down the ramp and kind of <laughs> each space. So thank you um, for that. I At the beginning of this interview, I think both of you might have referenced to the fact that you're already working on the 2021 show. Do you mind um, talking about this month, December, what, what are you focused on related to climate changing and um, any other things that we should know that about 2021 um, from your points of view? I don't know how much I can relay or I'm supposed to say or not, but, um, but we're working with a variety of artists for site-specific projects that'll be part of that show. A lot of it's still in the works with a lot of moving parts, um, which can only mean that it's going to be a great show with a lot of interesting um, conversations to be had. And I think, I mean, I'm just in 2021, I'm just excited to eventually have people safely back in the space, seeing the stuff in person, because there's kind of no substitute with being able to experience this artwork physically in, in the space and um, not just the artwork itself, but how it relates with the WEX architecture. It's, it's just really important to be here. Um, so I'm looking forward to that happening next year. Yeah, and I guess all I can say is um, the tech services team has their work cut out for them. <laughs> well, you know, I'll say, I think Steve has worked literally every single day since the middle of March. <laughs> He might be taking Christmas Day off. I'm not sure yet, but. Uh... <laughs> uh, there's, you know, that's, uh, that's one of the things about, you know, the tech services department. We are always involved because we service the whole center. You know, not that others don't, but it's just, you know, it doesn't matter what the event is, what's going on. There's someone from tech services that's involved one way or the other whether it might just be turning the lights on and getting out of the way. I mean, it's it, small to large, <laughs> you know, but no, the, the, the definitely the next show coming is um, it's going to be not, not that all of them aren't, but it's going to be fun as well. 
um, I get excited about challenges and there are some challenges in the next presentation. No doubt about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, before we sign off, Steve and Nick, is there anything else you'd like to share? Just to say again, I'm, I'm excited for next year. And yeah. the show, very much so. And I hope we get through what's going on right now. And, you know, whatever your feelings are, if you can, come to the Wexner or check us out online. I mean, we have something for everybody. I mean, you know, we're still here. We're still doing it. That was senior design engineer Stephen Jones and exhibition designer and preparator Nick Stoll discussing their work on the Wexner Center's Fall 2020 exhibition, Taryn Simon, Assembled Audience. For more information on this show and all things Wex, go to wexarts.org. Thanks to you both, and thanks for listening. Thanks so much. Thanks.